1: Hallelujah. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, your word says the wisdom that comes from above is full of mercy, easy to be entreated, it is pure. Let your wisdom come through to us through these questions and the answers that will come from your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I like someone, but she doesn't have eyes for me. How can I get her to notice me? By going to involve yourself in her life. Amen. The way you are talking about it looks like you are the brother. Surely she has friends. So you can try to enter the circle in a way. You can find them when they are eating, snack bar, they are buying something. Oh. Am I invited that one we should teach you how. So learn to get involved in her life. And I've known sometimes people will say, "Oh, eh, I'm going your way. Can I drop you and your friends? You actually mean one person, but you begin with the friends, and then as you go along, you drop them. And then you say, "Oh, where did you say you lived again?" It's gone ah oh let me take you then you start a conversation so please her eyes are not looking but there are ways in which you can come within her sphere so that her eyes will look is it right when your beloved offends you and he won't apologize you tell him to and he tells you he's in the military so he will not <laughs> I would say that it's a sign of things to come. And that you should take care and be careful because it may not change. The militarization may go on well even into if you marry him. So I don't think that it's right for him to just say I'm in the military. If we should all be affected by our professors, where will we be? Please, is it okay to save or invest without the knowledge of your spouse due to how he may react if he finds out you have some money somewhere but you also feel you need to save for a very important emergency that may occur at any point in time? Well, these are situations I have dealt with before and I must say that there aren't always very pat answers. Um, it sometimes depends on the, on the situation. For instance, I counseled a lady. Her husband had stopped working because I think his contract ended and they were living on just her salary. But every time They had the money in one account and the man will use all the money to buy books to read and then there will be no food in the house sometimes even just potato to just boil just potato without fish or meat to eat for the children she the man and the children are all hungry so i advised her to not put all her money in that account because if she did, she, her husband, and the children will all die, and it will not be wise. So then, she should find a way of doing grocery shopping and things with a lot of the money, so that it's inside the food, so that even when they don't have anything, there will be food at home. Whenever she told him, and then later he found out that she had opened an account for just groceries, And so he spent all the money on the books in that account, the first one. And then he came back and said, where did you say the second card was? (laughs) So I believe that you need wisdom. And sometimes too, especially in a setting which is almost like the person is not uh, a Christian. I mean, he's a Christian, but he behaves as if he's not a Christian. And you can see that He's using the money on girls and other things, and it's your money. I think that you need some Abigail good understanding to know how to maneuver so that the home will be there after he regains his consciousness, you know. So, yeah, there's no hard and fast rule, but I think that there are times when you have to be like the Bible says, the prudent man, Proverbs 27 verse 10, I believe, the prudent man sees the evil that is ahead and he keeps himself. So sometimes you can see the evil clearly and you must keep yourself otherwise even the man will not have anything to come to. You know, so I believe in Abigailism. If Abigail hadn't taken food from Nabal's house without his permission to David on the battle lines, the whole household including Abigail, children, servants, everybody would have been wiped out and that would not have been good. So you need Abigailism. She didn't go back to argue with Nabal. She didn't go back to say, Nabal, so what do you think we should do? By that time, the armies would have come. She just took the decision, sent food ahead, went herself and saved the entire household. So there are certain situations when it calls for wisdom. Amen. Amen. I'm 34 years, and it's really difficult for me choosing a life partner. Due to bad previous relationships, it has made me very critical and the fear of making a mistake. Lady Reverend, any advice and help recommended for me? I would say that, first of all, you have to deal with the spirit of fear. The Bible says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So when you are being led by fear because of what has happened before, and you are gripped in fear that it will happen again, you are in bondage, and it can be very demonic, and it can affect every area of your life. So yes, you've been in bad relationships, But it doesn't mean you will never get a good relationship. Number two, you need to learn from your mistakes. Ask yourself, why have all the relationships not worked? It's very easy to point a finger and never see the part you played. But if you see the part you played and you own up to the part you played, it will only help to make you a better person for your next relationship. I don't think that when you are self-critical, it means that you are destroying yourself. I think when you are self-critical, and you allow the Holy Spirit to show you what is wrong with you, the Holy Spirit does not condemn. The Holy Spirit convicts. It is Satan that condemns. When you are in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. But there is conviction which is supposed to bring you to the place of repentance. Amen. Maybe you had a bad temper. Maybe you were stingy with your money. Maybe you were not nice to be around. Maybe you quarrel too much. I had a very beautiful girl come up to me at the Kodesh and say, Lady Reverend, you don't know me, but I think that I need to come and see you. So I said, okay, come. And then she came and she said, Lady Reverend, there's something wrong with me. I am too aggressive as a woman. I am aggressive. I don't know how to be a lady. And whenever I see you, I say, Hey, Nadia, you're in the day. <laughs> and she's very beautiful. And she said, I've got many brothers, very nice. But when it reaches somewhere, no, then I'll just insult you and leave you and go on. You know, but Lady Reverend, I'm miserable. I don't think that's how my life should be. And I said, just be a child of God. When you are a child of God, and you walk in his ways, all these things, God will deal with it. So, but my heart, she's very beautiful, very attractive, but very combative and warlike. She's in the military. So, please. Examine yourself. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me. Cleanse me and lead me in the way everlasting. And then talk to a pastor in your life and be open to correction from the person. And I believe that you will be free to be loved again and to love again. I don't know whether you are a lady or a man, but... Receive it. I did also another counseling. The man was disappointed. I don't know whether he got engaged, and the person was unfaithful to him. Hey, he went to marry this lady. My goodness. When they came to my office, yay, everybody there could hear the quarrel. Say you, it was not easy. And the man, very quiet into himself, said Lady Reverend. She's always having affairs. And the wife was so exasperated. With who? Everywhere I am, you see, I'm having affairs. I said, who are the people? The wife said, Lady Reverend. That's how we had three services at the Kodesh. Lady Reverend, all the pastors of the three services, I've slept with all of them. All my consultants, I've slept with all of them. Everywhere I go, I work, I've slept. That is my husband's accusation. So I asked the man, If your wife has been so unfaithful, why do you still want to marry her? Ah, because the Bible says so. I said, the Bible doesn't say so. The Bible says, on grounds of adultery, you can leave her. The Bible doesn't say so. Ah, me, I thought that I was a Christian. And she said, oh, she said this. And the woman said, you know what? Because of him, the stress, my hair was falling out. A well-accomplished specialist medical doctor. She said, I started to write wrong prescriptions. And my professor said to me, what is wrong with you? So as the whole thing was going, I said to the man, excuse me. In fact, when she came in, I said, won't you greet your husband? And she said, good evening, Mr. whatever. I said, you are calling your husband, Mr.? I said, yes. He wants to have an employer-employee relationship with me. So he is Mr. this anyway. So I said, Mr., whoever you are, did you have a bad experience before you married her. Yes, I was going to marry a girl. I had engaged her, and she was unfaithful to me. And I said, "So is that what you think about your wife? Yes, lady, Web. he never recovered from the one before. And he has carried it into this. And after this, the lady left. He has married again. Shabo, shabo, fast, fast. And I just look and I say, oh my goodness. I wish the next person will ask the right questions and even whether she will receive the right answers. The guy is really flawed. He said, Lady Reverend, you will not believe. She says she's in the choir. I am in the sound department. Lady Reverend, she's in the choir. When they are having a rehearsal, she can laugh so loudly, I will hear it at the back and I have to come and tell her to keep quiet. I say, hey, brother money anyway. happy even the stories he brought were so wrong he said that they went somewhere and they asked the wife to give her testimony and then the person moderating said uh, Nana. and i said and you heard it say so, yes in my presence as if your wife wanted to hide something she would discuss with the person in front of you oh please So, what has happened is he never got over what he went through and he has imported it and will continue to import it in all his relationships. So, I pray that that will not be your story. My uh, my wife always wants things to be done for her, uh, to be done in her own way all the time. So, I feel she's selfish. What should I do? Love covers a multitude of sins. That verse, when I look at it, I say, God, but why didn't he say love covers sins, but a multitude? That means that you will be sinned against multitudinously, if there's a word like that. Amen. So what should you do? I think that you should seek counsel. You say you think she's selfish. Talk to your pastor, somebody about the situation the person will listen to you and give you sound advice. You yourself, I believe that couples should be able to sit down and reason together, sometimes loudly, but try and keep your voices down, you know, and talk to your wife that, you know, when you do this and this and that, I feel that you don't have the rest of us in mind And I wish you would. It's how you say it. But if you go and tell the person, you are very selfish. You have lost the person already before the discussion began. So you need wisdom in that also to know how to go. Not that you should sugar your words, but speak the truth in love. And when you are talking, have a sense of humility and mercy because all have sinned. She is selfish. You may also be something else, okay? Okay? So when you have that mind, you approach things uh, more mercifully. Uh, uh, Galatians 6.1 If a man or a woman be overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, considering thyself also, lest thou also be tempted. Amen. So the foolishness or the shocking is in shift. Now is on duty. Next month you will be on duty. So when you are dealing with a fault in a person, in a spirit of meekness, I believe it will bring a lot of positive change. Amen. But when it's condemnation, finger pointing, whatever, it doesn't help. So truth must be spoken, but speak the truth in love. Amen. I don't know whether it's another question. How do I choose a beloved? Hey, this one has a whole one. I'll recommend how to be marriageable, how to be found, how to find a good partner, but I always say it starts with you being a good partner. I've answered this question time and time again does age matter in choosing a beloved i think that it depends on the parties involved kate middleton who has married prince william is four years older Meghan markle who has taken off to canada is three years older i have friends who are seven years older the woman is seven years older than the man And they've been married for some time, and they are still married. And those of you who have the right age gap are not always still married. So I would say that, yes, some may come with its challenges, but it depends on the couple. I've also been at a wedding where I felt that this guy is not correct. And he should not be the one to marry an older woman because he already has a lot of women issues, you know? And it was just a matter of time. He just left the marriage. So it depends if the person is committed, sees as a covenant, sees the person as a human being, the woman can submit to the man, so many factors. If that can work, then I don't see why not, but it is a matter of personal preference. I find that it's very common in the UK. Very, very, very common. That's why they will not even write about it. Yes, they find it so normal that they don't even write about it. So I think that depends on the individuals and they are facing the reality about each other and all that it means and whether they are going to go for the long haul. Amen. What if your husband has respect or values you? What if your husband has respect or values you and only listens to the advice of his mother? Uh, What if your husband does not have respect or does not value you and only listens to the advice of his mother and not yours? My goodness. The Bible says for this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall be joined to his wife. No. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and, and cleave unto his wife, and they two shall become one flesh. Now, if you are always listening to your mother, you have brought a third person into the marriage. We are not saying nobody can advise you, but the two of you have come together to be one flesh. So what God has joined together... Let no man, including your mother, put you asunder. Amen. Sometimes, you know, um, somebody was sharing with me, a, a gentleman, that, oh, mommy, my sister called and said that she thinks that my wife's home management is not good. Because if it were good, then this, 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 this. But, you know, I have not told my wife because it's painful. And I said, well, it's painful. But it isn't that you shouldn't just tell your wife. Tell your sister that I think my wife tries and we are doing our best to set up our home and with the two of us and God, we will succeed. And I don't like my wife being talked about behind her back. Put your foot down. Because one day, when your wife offends you, this thing that has been said, it will occur to you. And then you will start to believe it and to use it against your wife. And before you know, the home is finished. How did it start? Your sister-in-law, her sister-in-law, who made that comment to you and you didn't deal with it. So the two shall become one flesh. Don't let your mother control the marriage by remote control. Please, is it wrong to disagree with your spouse on a decision? No. It's not wrong. Even with God, we disagree. But when your disagreement is with tantrums and insults and some weirdness, that is when the disagreement has become something else. It is not wrong to disagree. Sometimes it even brings freshness of perspectives and freshness of opinions. But the way the disagreement is carried along is what matters. I'm blessed by the word, mommy. God bless you. How can me as a woman flow in the bedroom when my husband upsets me? Don't be led by your feelings alone. Be led by the word of God and that will lead you to dutiful sex. My friend's mother said to my friend, she told me, we're both lawyers working somewhere. And she told me, her mother says that the mantra is, do before you complain. So do then after you complain. Amen. Amen. Please, what must the woman or wife do when the man is authoritative and doesn't listen? Abraham did not listen. So before you came, the brothers were like that. (laughs) When your husband doesn't listen and is authoritative, I don't believe that it's every time that you should be quiet. I believe that there are times when you should communicate because when you don't communicate, you have a lot of bitterness, resentment, and when it comes out, it can be very explosive. The Bible says when you have ought against a brother and you come to the altar to give your offering or your sacrifice, leave the offering there and go and sort your problems out. Even this one is with the brother who is offended. Do you understand? So, communication helps. So, when your husband is authoritative, he's probably also a choleric. They have this temperamental um, trait where they're authoritative and they take decisions, but when they are spirit-filled, they will listen to you. But you have to learn how to win their hearts. Amen? And you have to learn... How to talk to them. So the Holy Spirit will have to teach you how. And also one thing I have learned is not to talk at the same time. I mean, as a person is telling you, I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. You listen. And as much as you can, you pick the positive sides of what he's saying. Oh, okay. Oh, so you want to do the, oh, brilliant, good, it's true. That would be good, whatever. And then you don't say your opinion in the same form. Later, you come and you say, um, what you said. You remember the fantastic idea you shared? Yeah. Um, I was thinking about the other side, that this, 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 this. Because you have embraced what the person is saying, it's easy for the person, easier, to listen to you. Do you understand? This is, um a story I tell that my husband says that our budget for give thyself holy, eating, I me mean feeding the guests, not us, is too high. So that when they go and give the budget, he's not in the meeting, but he has representatives, and then they throw the list away, that they will not, they will not provide the things on the list. And then, here I am, knowing that so many things are subsidized that he doesn't know about so many things are not paid for by them you know but he doesn't know about it and then one of the years he told me that we are having a spiritual meeting it's not about food so only makarios no eating for the guests i didn't agree and i still don't agree and i said really yes they come because of the word no, because they are looking for food to eat. That's not the reason why they come. Yes, my husband is my leader, but I knew that, as for this one, it's not true. <laughs> so anyway, I just said, oh, okay. Then I said, you know what? I already have some of the things already. So, you give us what you want to give us, and then, We'll see how we'll flow from there. So they gave us what they wanted to give us. And then by God's grace, we look for other ways and other help, and we put the things together. And so the conference opened, and we set up everything, food where the board members will come, everything. And no, the first day, no, my husband came. I met him at the prophet's line. Hello, mommy, this is a- Bishop, whatever from Congo. And this one is from Mauritius. And this one is uh, please take them eh and give them something to eat. Eh? <laughs> eh, bishops, I'll see you later. Eh? Thank you. My wife will take care of you. <laughs> Hello. But you know, by God's grace, we've been at it for 30 years plus. So What God God teaches me is that what I see, I was telling one of our bishops, no, not one. We went somewhere and I was saying the story. He said that, she said, Mommy, the remarkable thing is how God makes you understand. And I saw that it's true. Because when he was doing that, I knew that it's not the manual, it's the stress. He has to pay for accommodation, (laughs) transport. Uh, for people who are coming from here. So that season is his tight season. So it's not about meal. But instead of sitting down and saying, you know, mommy, I'm very tight, I'm stressed. Men don't verbalize. So he just manifests. (laughs) Eh? I don't have any, and I'm not going to pay any. And when I look at that, honestly before God, I'm not offended at all. I just look, I say, I feel sad. I feel pity. And I try to do all that I can do to make his pressure less. But almost every year, we go along this line. And then this last year, again, and then my staff said, Mommy, they are always throwing our list away. Every day, something. What? So I said, "Okay, it's all right." And I said, "God, give me wisdom." And I drove home. When I got home, I changed. I gave my husband food. When he finished eating, I said, um, hmm. "My staff said they went for the meeting, and um, Bishop Prince told them that they are not given there for food, and they are not." But you see, number one. The things are so subsidized, I don't even want to go there. I've subsidized the water, the rice, the this. I explained to him. He's looking at me curiously. I said, you know, the group that goes here, they're almost 800. The group that goes here, they're almost 100 and this. The group that comes to me, they're almost 100 and this. So when you put all together, The guest ministers, including VIPs and all, remember they are coming from 42 countries. They are about 1,000. Now, when you look at the budget I've brought, it means that each person is eating at less than 10 cities a day. Now, where in Ghana will they serve such meals for less than 10 cities a day? My husband is quiet. And he gets up and he takes his phone. And he calls Bishop Prince. Look, Prince, I don't want problems eh?" (laughs) here. Why didn't you tell me that? eh? Prince, eh? So tomorrow, please, send it to my wife's office, okay? I don't want problems. (laughs) I'm not an angel. But I think God just made me see that. If I divide by a thousand and I present it, he will see how it is. Present the facts and the figures. And he will see how it is. Another person having an event told the wife, I will not pay. This is the amount I have. I will not. So I have to go and talk. And I said that. Excuse me. Papa yeah, what on I Papa yeah. I don't know the price. So you don't know have price. Papa is more than 20 cities. Now, with the number that you are expecting, when I multiply, what your wife is telling you to pay. It's also 20 cities, but it's buffet with variety. Where will you get this? So, what you are doing, you know, and you're right. Uh, but why doesn't she also inform me? I said, She's very wrong. She will inform you in Portugal. So, from now, then he sent me, have done transfer through Echo Bank. I said, Oh, you are great. You do miracles. <laughs> Amen. So there are ways and there are means. Amen? And try and understand where the person is coming from. Your husband gets angry when you ask for money because it's not easy. And instead of them explaining, they just explode. With your darkness, your darkness, it's not about you, it's about stress. Amen? So I pray that God will give you the wisdom, and the language to know what to do. Please, what must the woman or wife do when the man is... Okay, authoritative. The role of a woman is, is in the house. What do you do when you set up a business for her severally and she fails and she doesn't need or help if you attempt to? I, I think that you should find out your wife's strength. Business may not be her strength. Okay. Some people just can't do business. I remember I did some kind of business when I was working at attorney generals. I was, I decided to sell clothes. Then I said to my husband, all my clothes are finished. They've bought all today. Then he said, so where's the money? I said, they said they will pay at the end of a month. (laughs) (laughs) And then when it came to the end of the month, some were not paying, some were, hey, I didn't know that when people owe you they behave as if you owe them. You know, and then he said that no 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 more business. You don't do business like that. You've given it to them. You don't have money. You say they've bought all. They have not bought all. You know, I think I've learned from that experience, but not everybody is a business person. Some people are professionals. Some people are good cooks, but they need somebody else to manage. Some people are gifted in something, but they are not good managers. So, we can all learn but some people try hard as you can they can not do that so find their strength everybody will have something they can do she may not be managerial but she may be skillful in something okay how do you handle a husband who does not inform you of anything he wants to do mm. a lot of husbands don't tell you what they are doing <laughs> and um You see, when I say such things, I'm not saying it is right, but I'm saying that when God created it, that's how it is. Do <laughs> you understand? So some of it is a key of acceptance. When you talk to people, you realize that they also don't know everything. But I used to think, oh, you know, sometimes I meet people and they say, oh, my wedding was on, oh, I didn't know. Oh, I told daddy. I said, when you tell daddy, you haven't told me when you tell daddy that you are getting married, you haven't told me. Because he has so many things on his mind. How is he now going to remember to tell me about Then I myself also started to get busy, started to preach, and I realized, as I go in my house, I will say, ah, this person said he told you that. He, I forgot. So I saw that. I'm also uh, beset by my own infirmities. And that makes you um, more more sympathetic and empathetic. But I think that don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask. Oh, I met this person and she said this, 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 this. But he didn't tell me. "Eh, I forgot. Oh, don't make so light of it. Try and tell me so that I feel a part of what is happening. I'm not saying it will change overnight, but at least you would have vented. So find ways of getting your information from him so that things can work. Why do some husbands talk when they are outside but are quiet when they go home? It's a sickness, ooh. <laughs> TD TDJ says that when he's preaching, he's very demonstrative and very, and people think he's sanguine. When he goes home, he's quiet. And his wife asked him, were well, you not the same person Talking so much, he said that one is work. Now I'm home and I'm myself. (laughs) But sometimes and often it destroys marriages. And it comes back to the same thing of seeking your own way. I'm comfortable being quiet, so I remain quiet. I don't think that it is right. If you listen to Bishop, he says that when your wife is talking to you, even when you don't understand, then you intentionally stop and ask a question. Oh, so what did the woman do? Oh, so she went here and she did, I mean, try and uh, uh, show some interest, you know. So um, um, your wife is not supposed to be a piece of the furniture in your house. You went to bring her. And many wives need communication. Some wives too are the opposite. They are quiet, you know. So don't just sit in your comfort zone and say, that's how I am. I don't think it's right. But all of us, no matter our temperament, have times when we need quiet times just to be you know but that shouldn't be always so that your house is like a cemetery it's not right so brothers please make the effort to talk some people say my wife's uh, topics are not interesting to me so you as a wife also learn what is interesting Some people, you gossip too much every day about people. And the pastor, and in the, you know, and you father, you see, things that are not edifying. It's not good. So change your conversation to things that edify, and it will help you. Amen. And, uh, yes, I've spoken to the brothers that you need to up your game, and you can't just say, I don't want to talk. She sees you talking to sisters in the church, very happy, laughing. When you get to your phone, <laughs> when you see her, your face is straight. God is not pleased with that. So that must change. Don't insist on your own way of doing things. Amen. Why do some husbands compliment other ladies and not their wives? Familiarity. They are suffering from familiarity. And they feel that when they compliment you, they don't get anything. But when they compliment the sisters, their sisters like them. So you you have been one already. So that's why. But it's familiarity and it's not right. So please, start from home, your Jerusalem, before Judea and Samaria. Amen. What is your advice for a spouse who has been abandoned by the other partner for many years without contact and care of children, but suddenly appears and shows signs of wanting to come back to the family and to the marriage? You have to be led by God. I don't know why he has come back. Has he come back like the prodigal son because his money is finished? He's come back, but I don't think that the person should just walk into your life. I've come back. Even if there needs to be a coming back, there needs to be a rebuilding of that which has been lost and that which has been ruined. So you need to start all over with counseling and all that before you can make that decision. Marital counseling, I mean. What are some of the personal development areas we need to consider as women of God preparing for marriage? Outside our due practices in church or laid out in the Bible? Why would it be aside? The Bible talks about everything, including personal development. Who who has more personal development than the virtuous woman? She considers a field, she buys it, she makes girdles, she goes to the merchant ship, she brings her goods from afar. Um, she clothes herself with scarlet. She looks into the future. She laughs at the future. She gets her loins with strength. Not somebody doing it for her. She makes coverings of tapestry. I mean, she's developing herself spiritually, socially, emotionally, intellectually, and physically. What better example can the world offer? So when you say aside the Bible, I see you don't know your word much. Because for me, the Bible is all-encompassing. So before marriage, personal development, spiritually, you need a lot of spiritual stamina to to survive the long haul. You need emotional maturity to survive the long haul. You need to renew your mind in accordance with God's word. You need to look for something with your hands like the virtuous woman that you can do. Amen? Amen. And all that is personal development. Or, is it not? How to receive visitors. I've preached on all that. 101. Hosting. Hosting 101. Um, How to be uh, marriageable. Um, um, Some have entertained angels unaware. So many things. How to look after visitors. How to receive visitors. Housekeeping. It's all in the marriage manner. So I don't know why you say aside the Bible. The Bible for me talks about everything, but it's lack of knowledge that makes us think there's something else. So personal development can come from all that. And we always say, if you have the opportunity, go to school. Make something out of your life. I'm not married, but I have kids with my partner. I'm in an abusive emotional and physical relationship. Hey, you are not married Run, baby, run. Why are you in such a relationship? He hasn't married you, but he's beating you and emotionally destroying you. All family members from both sides are not willing to accept our separation. It's become very unbearable to live in the same house as my partner. How do I go about my situation? To me, you are not really married. And you still have the choice to leave the marriage. Why would you stay? What if one day you lose your life and your children become motherless? What would you say when you look back? So beloved, you need to be wise. I have a very good friend who's like her stepsister, got married. And then the man was very abusive. So she left and the man kept calling her back. At first she would go, eventually she couldn't go again because it was dangerous. After seven years, she had risen her career, living her life, the man came and said, oh, please, I want you to come back, whatever. She didn't want to, eventually she went. It was in the papers on Mother's Day. The man stopped her in the night and she left her two children on Mother's Day. I know the sister very well, you know. So when I look back, I'm like, why? Why? And, and you leave your children. And you, you are not even married. It shows lack of respect, lack of everything. So please, run baby, run. Even Jesus said when you are persecuted here, run to the next city. Why? How do you share your wife with her cell phone and social media addiction? Tell her to program time for just you and to get off the phone, sometimes to the nature of her work, but even that, she can program you, you can discuss with her so that between this time and this time, she concentrates on you, otherwise, you are being separated gradually by cell phone. Please, I'm getting attracted to some, somebody from Central Africa. I thought it was okay until I searched about the country on YouTube. It was only war I saw. Hey. <laughs> Did you meet him on the internet? (laughs) What are you saying? (laughs) I like him because he's spiritual and doesn't joke with his quiet time. How do you know all this in this war-torn country? But when I think of the country, I get worried. What do I do? There's no hard and fast rule that when you get married, you should live in Central African Republic. He can come to a more peaceful place. But I would say that, you know, <laughs> there are internet marriages and all that. That may be a way of meeting people, but I think that you have to get to know people also, face to face and physically, and see how the relationship runs. Even people who know themselves physically, how is it? on the Internet. And I've had sheep in our other branches, foreign, who have been swept off their feet from Internet. And the people looked so spiritual, But at the end of the day, it looked like they were looking for paper. The maltreatment is at another level. I met a foreign pastor who came here, forgive thyself, only a white man. He told me that he's having a lot of problems with his wife. And that he thought she was very spiritual. And I asked him why. He said, because on the internet she shares verses. So they met on the internet. But the marriage was finishing. By the time I was speaking to him. He was a very great pastor. And I was surprised that he would do that. Because the Bible says, prove all things. And hold fast to that which is good. And proving is by time. And also, I believe, by physical interaction. So, um... I think that if the only thing that scares you is the war-torn zone, it's not enough. What should scare you is that you don't know enough. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Amen. As a woman, what should be the things you look for in a man before marriage? I've preached on this before you say I do. Please go to the messages because they are long and they are tailored for you and you can listen over and over again. But first of all, choose a man who knows God like you. But I must say that sometimes you know God and you don't know the future and they just backslide. But at least you endeavor to please God. Choose a man that you can flow with. You may both be Christians, but there may be no flow. And choose a man who is a good head. When you see that, if I'm walking under this head, will my... my, Legs lead me to a bad place or they will lead me to a good place. I think that all that, just the word of God tells us so many things and that will help you. Can any two walk except they be agreed? So you must be agreed on some general principles of life. Hmm. My brother and his wife are having issues in their marriage and they are not Christians. How best can I go about it or even use that situation to introduce Christ to them. I think you should just go ahead and tell them that they are having issues. But Everybody has issues, but the light is Jesus. My brother says his wife denies him of sex sometimes. And behaves rudely sometimes. His wife complains that he stays at a friend's place for so long. That is why she's not flowing in the bedroom. And doesn't eat her food. And sees so many things on his phone. You see, you are just saying she denies me sex and is rude. But you are not looking at the cause and the effects. This is what I see in the office. When brothers come, I say, So what is the problem? My wife, she has become very some way. Was she like that before? No. But she became I don't know, Lady Reverend, she's just so some way. But what happened? And what brought you here? I think you have to ask yourself those questions. So if your brother's wife is saying that he has so many funny things on his phone. She will not feel like being touched by him. And she will feel like telling him, go for the blonde woman you have seen on the phone. Hmm. And you stay at a friend's place so long. It's like her company is not important. She feels neglected. You don't eat her food, and yet you want to eat her food in the bedroom. I mean, come on. Come on. Don't make things difficult for your wife. So I think that you have to sit down. She claims that she's tired. I think it's true. My brother, my brother also claims that he stays at the friend's place because of a project he wants him to help him with. They are both Muslims. Ah, uh, I think you can still counsel them. And lead them to Christ, but nobody can insist on his own way to the detriment of the other partner. It's not going to work. Please, how do you tell your husband how to improve his sex life? By telling him. <laughs> and if you are afraid, write it. My question is about we, the singles. Please, if you had a beloved and both of you love each other, planning for marriage, and later you inform your parents, but they said, they are not pleased with the lady or the man. Can you go beyond their wish and marry or not? I think that you must strive to have parental consent. That Even though they say no, sometimes by a little persistence, wisdom, and things like that, you get to marry. Hmm? And a lot of prayer. My mother said I shouldn't marry a gun girl because guns beat their wives and other reasons but we decided that we would pray about it and we prayed for a long time and i think that god brought us through so don't just marry without parental blessing force for it talk to somebody they believe in and and the person believes in you and, you, and complete your case how do i have to bring my husband to talk undertone maybe he's not used to it Meshapoko told me that guns shout because they live near the sea and they have to talk above the waves. And I asked him, what about Fantis and uh, Evers? We also live near the sea. I mean, how do I forgive my husband? so you can tell him to keep his voice down, but it will take time. How do I forgive my husband for hurting me severally, even though I've prayed about it, but it doesn't seem to go away? I think about it, and I feel sad about the whole issue. And also, what should I do when my husband makes me feel valueless in the home and disregards me? I think you need counseling, both of you. I think you need help. And whatever he's done that has hurt you, you need healing. You see, forgiveness doesn't mean you plaster on top of everything, but the wound is under bible says confess your faults one to another that you may be healed so sometimes when you don't confess one to another the wounds are there and they don't get healed and often it's your pastor who can bring that bridging of the gap to bring that healing so i think both of you will need pastoral care then you also need to listen to messages because faith comes by hearing And when you hear the word of God is sent forth to heal us and to deliver us from all our destruction. The more you allow the word of God to come into your life, the more supernatural healing, the more you decide to step out in faith and hold him by his word. He says he will give you beauty for ashes. He doesn't tell you how, but if you just say, Lord, I'm holding on to your beauty, I'm giving you my ashes. I don't know how you're going to turn it around, but I, I believe in you. Help him. Ask him to give you forgetfulness. And don't always replay the scenes in your mind. Philippians 4, 8 tells you the things to think about. Renew your mind. It will take hard work, but God will come through for you. Amen. You need healing yourself so that bitterness does not destroy you. My spouse has children before I got married to him i'm okay with that but but he minds for me is his mind for me is different about the children and he wants the kids to respect what he says and not what i say so i've stopped talking about things of the kids and i'm raising my kids alone well i think sometimes you get to that place where you are trying to raise the children but your husband is overprotective because he feels their mother is not there. So you just do your part as a Christian and leave the rest to God. There's a chapter on the step home in the marriage manual. Don't take the marriage manual for granted. Don't think that you should only look at it before marriage. It has a lot of solutions and it will do you good because it's based on the word of God. I happen to marry someone who is a phlegmatic. Of which I didn't know from the onset (laughs) we all don't know a lot of things when we were dating but I now know I cannot live with a serious phlegmatic and she sometimes shouts at me even if I want to come to her level hey to make things work she's never ready to listen to me it's very difficult relating to her now what can I do who does your wife listen to? Who can speak into her life? That person may be able to bring her good counsel, biblical counsel. When you married, your sex drive was on the, on the low, once monthly. But with time after four years, you feel for it almost every two weeks. But your partner says no. What should we do? Two weeks is far between, eh? (laughs) Two weeks. Look, we have a sexometer in the marriage counseling manual. And we say, when is two weeks this? When is six weeks query infidelity? When is this? So go and look at the sexometer. It will tell you the meter. Okay? So two weeks is not enough. The Bible says, drink water. From your own system. Proverbs chapter 5. And Bishop Doug will ask you. How often do you drink water? And the brothers will shout every day. (laughs) Usually your sex life. Usually. Usually not always. Determines the temperature of the marriage. So please. Do something about it. And if your wife is saying no. Again, every day, pastors have work to do. Bring her for counseling. She may tell you why. Maybe you've done something to turn her off. Or maybe she's just outright rude. Okay? But there's help. Ladies, don't push your husbands into sin and temptation. Reverend Eastwood told me, yeah, Christo Forno." Our mat and our bed is only one. So our wives must try. Amen. So sisters, try. Okay? It doesn't take 24 hours. She talks to you like her siblings. You have talked to her severally, but she's not stopping. What else should you do? Oh, but if she talks to you as she talks to her siblings, is it wrong? Or she doesn't talk to her siblings well. What should you do? All of us need a higher authority to bring us into line. So sometimes a rebuke from somebody that has authority over your wife will help. Is it normal, better still, moral to have your ex friend as your beloved? Ah, I don't understand the question. Is it normal, better still, moral? To have your ex-friend. Yeah, there's nothing wrong. If the person was your friend and is now your beloved, there's nothing wrong. Ex-boyfriend as your beloved. Yes, if you are flowing. But like I said, when you are coming back, what made you break up in the first place? Hey, what is the importance of temperament in the marriage? It gives you understanding... It makes you know your own weaknesses. And it makes you know that you, how you should bring it under the control of the Holy Spirit. Ministry versus marriage. You have a ministry in church. You are a spouse too. You have a strong desire to help meet both at equal length. Yet you always have issues in your marriage. What should you do? Hmm. I wouldn't say that give up ministry for the marriage. And I wouldn't say give up marriage for the ministry. Because Proverbs 11 says, a false balance is an abomination to God. So you need a good balance. You know, so look at the people who seem to have a good balance. But there will never be a perfect life. Do you understand? You will always fight. Even your work and home, they compete. So it's not only ministry that competes for your time. Your work competes. Family issues compete. So don't put all the blame on ministry. But we think that work is legitimate and ministry is a side. A side thing you do. You know. But ministry itself often will help your marriage, keep you sane, and give you something to do. Other than just focusing on just your marriage. So try and have a balance and plan properly. You cannot leave a sink full of dirty dishes and then you are casting out demons at uh, uh, Barjona. How? You need a balance. You didn't leave food at home. And when your husband comes, you say that he should be spiritual. How? No man will be spiritual in that way. So you need to plan the days you go to market, the days you cook, the days you freeze your things, how to cook ahead of time, how to make farm oil gravy and white oil gravy and how to bring it out when you need it. How to blend your things ahead of time. How to buy your things ahead of time. How to cook fast meals when you are hot. Hmm? How to keep in touch with your children when you are home, you are in church and they've gone home. How to call them and find out what is happening. How to do homework on the phone. It's not only ministry, it's life. Amen? And I still juggle life. As I'm sitting here, Pamela told me, my daughter said she didn't take her key. So as I'm sitting here, she's looking for my key. So what do I do? Get up from the set and go and get a key for it. No, I have to find ways and means. It will always be a fight. So Jesus comes. But good planning. Good planning. And also help. When you need help, look for help. Don't say, I don't want help because they have so many issues. I have somebody I know, When I say, oh, so have you found help now? Hmm. Mommy, do I want? I said, but you are suffering. Oh, but all that I've gone through, do I want? But you see, you can break down. So the type of help, the way of the help, when you have help, it doesn't mean you should abdicate all your work to the help, including marriage. And then you don't know what is in your own home. You don't know what is in your fridge. It's the help who knows everything. Knows your husband's size. Knows your husband's dishes. Knows your husband's desires. Why do I worry about that? It's not supposed to be like that. So the balance is very, very, very important. And it doesn't go away. Even when your children grow up, other responsibilities also grow so you have to go here you have to attend wedding you have to officiate here you have to de- so if you don't plan it's not going to work and if you don't get your children involved it's also not going to work it's difficult because now the children don't come home early we by 12 30 our school was closed and we'll do tomato and all this nowadays it's not like that you know and then also keeping an eye on the children by phone, call them when they are in the car. How was school? How, don't say that, oh, when I see them. <laughs> by the time you get home, they are asleep. Get whoever is with them's phone and speak to them. How was school? So what did your teacher say? Oh, wow. So I go, that you call. So where are you? You are eating. What are you eating? Some time ago, I called my children when they were younger. What are you eating? I saw that what I have left for them to eat is not what is being given. <laughs> Amen. So there are ways and means, and God will help you. Amen. Even ministry, sometimes you know that once in a while your child is not well, your husband is not well, you have to leave. So you just do things and you leave. But like David, you leave the people with a healing. somebody. You don't just go. Okay? So you need wisdom. I'm glad we are getting to the end. Men just walk out of my life. Oh, without saying anything, I don't know what to do, because we don't have any issues. I'm beginning to wonder if it's spiritual. It could be. And if it's spiritual, you have the power, if you are a child of God, to change your destiny because the Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Bible says in Mark 16:17, and these signs shall follow them that believe, not them that are pastors, not them that are prophets, not them that are evangelists, but them that believe. They shall, ca- in my name, they shall cast out demons. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take serpents and it shall not harm them jesus said these signs shall follow every believer it is in your power to take your destiny in your closet and change things amen having said that you can also come for special programs for conventions for laying on of hands but you can change your destiny and then also Sometimes, you see, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God, not just spiritual. So maybe there's something you do that they don't tell you. Or that makes you unattractive. Maybe you are not quarrelsome, but won't come on yet. You are not engaging. You are very boring. When somebody is with you, the person has to make all the efforts and ask all the questions. Where did you go? So what happened today? Every question has to come from the person. Where did you go? Kanishi. Then the person has to ask you again. What did you see? Human beings. <laughs> what type of human beings? Boys and girls. Everything they have to ask you. But you have to say, oh, I went to Kanishi. And when I went, you know, this happened and I saw this. and I, I mean, learn how to be a conversationalist. Not talkative like me. But you can learn to make your presence interesting. You see, I was talking to my husband. He asked me that. So why doesn't this girl like this boy? I said, no, come on yet. He <laughs> said, eh? what does it mean? I said, when he chats, it's not nice. Said, How do you know? I said, I know. Even when he talks to me, no, come on yet. One, two, one, two, no, one. I answer. me, pa come on, it's <laughs> finished. So maybe it's something. You know, it may be spiritual, but it may Christ also the wisdom. So you need wisdom to know what is it, you know. Sometimes there's a reason. You are too boring. Eh? Anyway, I'm just saying, maybe that's not the reason. Dear Lady Reverend, my boyfriend over three years has been very loving. Hey, but what are you doing three years? You are not married and sacrifice a lot for me. Recently, when we spoke of marriage, he says he loves me, but he wants to travel abroad. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. He wants to travel abroad first. I'll join him there when we marry there. Then we marry there. My reverend, is it worth the wait? I'm not sure. Somebody who is serious will say, let's marry before I go. I don't want to go and then we are not married and you know it's my father who told me that he asked me about my husband he said that this guy you say is your special friend does he talk about marriage i said yes daddy he said how often i said all the time he said does it come from you or from him i said Daddy, from him he said that what i said he said we should marry he has gone to buy teacups and things for our home my father said, that's the right man. Marry him. In the book of Ruth, Ruth told Naomi, Ruth told Naomi, no, Naomi told Ruth, the man will not sit down until he has done all that he has to do. So a man who is serious, but the one that never, he never has a date, every day convoluted, three years of your life, Manoru Sister, advise yourself. Me, I'm a lawyer, so I'll never tell you that leave him so that you say, Lady Reverend said, no. But, advise yourself. Amen. My fiancé has a lot of female friends. We've spoken about it over and over again. And he insists it is nothing to worry about because they all know me. I try to ignore but it still disturbs me. I wonder if I'm just jealous. I think that it's not everybody who can handle such things. So if you've seen the signs and it's very difficult, I think you should bow out so that he finds somebody who can let him have all the sisters in this life as his friend. I guarantee you, if you had all the brothers as your friends, it may be a problem. But sometimes, too, um, we overreact. So it depends on how close, how deep, how. You must look at all that. But from what I see, and the fact that it disturbs you now, anything you see before marriage that disturbs you, um, multiply it by times hundred or thousand. Whatever you see, multiply by times thousand and see whether you can bear it. And if you can't, advise yourself. God bless us all. Wow. Oh, your clapping is not commodious. Amen.
0: We hope you've been blessed. This message continues the next time this program is aired.